All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Mark Cox Morning Show. Glad you're with us here on a Tuesday. However you got here, we don't really care. Uh, whether you're on the podcast or you're listening here on uh, the Odyssey app, maybe right now you're listening in your car, you're online. We appreciate all of you, and uh, thank you for that. Um, we are trying to keep up with everything that's happening this morning. It looks like the big border bill they rolled out is DOA, and with good reason. <laughs> Just let me point that out. We'll talk more about that uh, this hour, we do have um, Jimmy Fallon coming up next hour. Todd Pyro is going to join us at about 20 minutes after uh, 7 this morning. And then we're going to talk more on 2A Tuesday about an effort by the DOJ, according to whistleblowers, uh, that they were, are going to try a backdoor effort to ban the private sale of firearms. I'm going to get to that for you this morning about 737. But first, I want to get to some of our shortlist stories here. Carl. The Mark Cox Shortlist. Stand up. They need to see you. Have you ever seen this much chocolate leading the city of New York? Yeah, Eric Adams uh, is just wants you to know what he's got going on up there in New York and that that's exactly why everybody hates him, he thinks. There are so many loopholes in this bill, it'll make your head spin. And any Republican that supports it supports open borders. Nancy Mace uh, there is uh, talking about the border bill. She doesn't like it, and she has a lot of good reasons to say that. We need help. Why won't they give you the help all the time? And now they're talking about the border. It's out of control. Anybody know what Joe's talking about? Uh, He claims he needs help. Maybe we should get him one of those first alert buttons. What do you think? And what Democrats have done is they have masterfully played these Republican eunuchs. Yeah, yes, they have. Dana Lash there letting loose on uh, the Republicans who went along with this border bill thing uh, overnight. I just have to tell you. So here's the deal. If you complain about this border bill to anyone, you know what the reaction is, Kim? Have you read it? Because that's what Joe Scarborough is about. They're mad about it before they've even read it. So well, I'm assuming he's inferring he's read all 300-plus uh, uh, pages of uh, it? Apparently. But you have to understand that these board, these bills are titled, right? There are sections in them. You can pick the section you want to read that applies to what you're interested in, like uh, starting on page 212, which I did read, uh, 212 to about 220. And that is the section that deals specifically with the number of people that would be allowed into this country under this bill. And I think everyone should go read it. If you if you start to Google border bill, it will autocomplete with the word PDF. You can you can Google border bill PDF. This is if maybe you woke up this morning, you're having a hard time going back to sleep uh, and then go to page 212 and start reading. And when you start reading it, you'll realize all of you don't have to be an attorney to read this and realize all 
of the loopholes that you could drive a very large uh, truck through that have been put in here with the flowery language, right? Uh, they'll tell you that there's a limit of 5,000 migrants a day. But if you read the if you read that section, you realize what it says is if over seven continuous days, there are at least 5000 a day, it would trigger the secretary, the ability to declare a national emergency or the president could tell the secretary to declare a national emergency. Or if the number of migrants entering the country topped eighty five hundred in one day, the president or the secretary could enact an emergency. And then you only have to go a couple of paragraphs down to determine who all the people are who aren't included. So they don't count children coming to this country from non-contiguous countries. Think about that for a minute. So it's just the adults they're counting when they're no, saying... they're counting the adults, but like, like unaccompanied minors. There, there's a paragraph in there that says unaccompanied minors will be counted if they, unless they are from non-contiguous states. Well, the majority of people coming into this country are not Mexican. Mexico is contiguous to the United States border, right? Uh, most of them are coming from Central America. A lot of them are coming from China, well, too. Well, some, some of the adults are, for sure. I don't know how many kids have been included in that. But, but there are loopholes like that. So there are going to be large chunks of people and people from certain communities who don't count against the total of 5,000 over seven contiguous, uh, continuous days or 8,500 in any given day. And then you get to page 218, and there's a paragraph that says the president can cancel the emergency anytime he wants. So there are so many loopholes in here. This has nothing to do with shutting down the border. That's the important thing you you just need to understand. This is not a fix to, to the border problem. It's a ba political Band-Aid. And, a, and one of those cheap ones, like it's not a Band-Aid, it's the cheap one you, you buy with the non-name brand on it at Walgreens that then peels off before your <laughs> wound heals. That's what this is. It's a great analogy. It's true, because I've, I've read it. You can read it, too. I challenge you to go read it. If you have a, if you disagree with me on this, I challenge you uh, to, to go read it. Um, Kat Kamek talks about the fact that it basically is without using the word amnesty, setting us up for amnesty. This is not a border security package. This is a Ukraine package. This is aid for Palestinians package. This is uh, assistance to Arab partners package. This is not border security. This is a way for them to parole people into the United States faster. She's, she's spot on. Um, there, there are so many problems with this. Here's the thing. If you listen to... Um, Senator Langford explained this and tried to defend it. Here's what I hear. He says, Republicans said they wouldn't pass. Uh, I heard one of the Democrats say this actually wasn't, it wasn't Johnson. It wasn't uh, Langford. It was one of the, one of the uh, Democrats. Who was it? Uh, I'm trying to think Murphy. of his name. Um, Murphy? M Murphy. Murphy. Chris, uh, Chris Murphy said the Republicans said they wouldn't pass Ukraine aid and all this unless we fixed the border. So we decided to bundle it all together. Well, that's not what Republicans said. They didn't say it had to be in one bill. 
They said fix the border first, and then we'll talk about funding Ukraine and Israel. So this is just a sleight of hand. Nobody demanded that they roll all this into one monstrosity. They just figured Republicans would want Israeli funding badly enough that they might bend at the knee to some of these loose rules on the border. And fortunately, they haven't fallen for that. So that that's what this is all about for your for your knowledge as you head off to work at the water cooler today and uh, you're well prepared uh, to have that argument with your liberal cronies. How about that? All right, coming up, Todd Pyro, host of Fox and Friends First. Find out what he's got going on this morning, and then we'll talk about uh, this effort to maybe ban the private sale of firearms in this country through the back door by the Department of Justice. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Todd Pyro joining us this morning. How about that? There's your intro, buddy. Yeah, that intro is starting to sound more and more like a uh, NASCAR jacket looks, you know, like with all the patches <laughs> and all the references and stuff. Right? Tell me I'm wrong. No, I don't Tell think you're wrong. wrong. I don't think you're wrong at all. That's, um, that's how's fun. St. Louis today? Hey, we're doing fine. The, the Battlehawks uh, schedule came out yesterday. I don't think they're playing anywhere near you, though, unfortunately. And you think I didn't know that the Battlehawks <laughs> schedule came out? Come on, me and Come my home. family had a release party for it. <laughs> we were sitting there at the edge of our seats, oh. ready to go. No, uh, who do they play? <laughs> Michigan. Uh, yeah, that's it. It, Michigan. They, yeah. they play. Michigan may be the closest uh, location to, to where you are, to be honest with you. You get your swag yet, Todd? Uh, no, no, no. Still waiting for the fine people of St. Louis to mail that. <laughs> mail delays. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a postal service. That's right. Todd's going yeah. to the mailroom every day. Those people down there never met him before, but he's been down there looking for his swag. I need my, I need, my, I need my hawks. <laughs> Do you know, Todd? I, I know you guys probably covered this story this morning. We've been talking about the immigration bill all morning. I, I went back and watched that piece they ran at the over at sixty Minutes on Sunday night about these Chinese immigrants who were using TikTok as a tool to find breaks in the fence in the United States. It, it's it, it's amazing what that technology is doing for people, huh? Yeah, and as I my lead question for the guy who did that story today I was like, as if we needed another reason to ban or block TikTok, <laughs> right? I just, like, we've known this thing is destroying our kids. Now it's actually a tool of the Chinese. It actually is being used as a tool by the Chinese, an actual tool, like a shovel. Um uh, to get inside our borders. And so here we go. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the number of, of, of just Chinese p- 
people breaking into the country. Uh, it's right. pretty amazing. But, but the story shows people coming through the fence, like the camera's on the other side of the fence. You see all these people popping through. The uh, the concertino wire has been lifted up at that point, so you can just walk right under it. And There's a, there's a Border Patrol agent with a gun uh, 25 yards away just watching it, yeah. like not stopping it right. at all. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this hole in the fence is – Maybe four feet wide, maybe three or four feet wide. Why don't we just close it? Oh, but the border is closed. I've been told by everybody, right? The border is closed. Well, and Biden can't do anything about it. His hands are Here's completely her. tied. The president is the most neutered person in the world for doing anything when it comes to the border. He has no authority, but he can do executive actions on all other topics, apparently, involving anything in our life. But border, oh, I, 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 I can't do anything. Let me ask the dead president of France if he can do something. <laughs> Mitterrand. Guy, I, guy, I played guy's that been by... dead since I was in high school. <laughs> since, uh, since you brought it up, let me, let me play that bite again. People need to understand really just how far gone uh, the president of the United States is. He's... Where was he speaking, Todd? Do you know where he was speaking when he said this? Uh, I don't. South Carolina, maybe? I yeah, don't know. I just got I, distracted. I, I, he yeah. referenced the dead guy again. <laughs> he, he claimed he was talking to someone. He didn't even get the, the country right, but he thought he was talking to a guy who died back in 1996. You know, I, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. It was, in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? <laughs> Mitterrand from Germany, no. From Germany. Mitterrand's from France. And didn't even dawn on Mitterrand's been dead since 1996. He corrected the country, uh, <laughs> yeah. not the, by the way, I, look. I, I think this is a perfect sign of his mental deterioration. You want to know why I say that? Why? Because now the dead people have been dead even longer. When it was just Jackie, Jackie only been in the ground for a few months, Jackie Walorski. Uh, oh, yeah. And so maybe that reference to dead people uh, you know, was a little bit more appropriate. But when you're going back to, to Todd's senior year of high school, what's next? <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, – I got on the call with Churchill the other day. We were talking about how we solve these problems. And uh, Winston and I, Winnie, as I used to call him, me and Corn Pop and Winnie used to hang out. George Washington uh, was just telling me the other day, actually. Yes, yes. <laughs> He's got a sixth sense. He sees that. Thing. That's what I said. That's exactly what you I know, said. You know, here's the thing, though. If it's Uncle Ted at the uh, at the dinner table at, at Christmas and you can tell that he's not all there, that's one thing. It's a leader of the free world. you you got to be a little concerned. Yeah, this ain't Uncle Ted. No. Oh, no, this no. ain't Uncle Ted. If this was Uncle Ted, you'd put him at the kids' table and <laughs> yeah. say, Uncle Ted, you are not participating in adult conversation. Go yeah. have some stew Jill. cheese. Dr. Jill needs to get on the ball. Uh, that's elder abuse at some at some level, I'm afraid. And she, is a, she is a medical doctor. We all know that. <laughs> Todd, uh, we have uh, we've run out of time, my friend. Uh, we'll uh, we'll still work on that swag for you, I promise. Uh, and and work on the Battlehawk schedule. Get them a game. I mean, the World Cup is coming here to MetLife Stadium. Why can't the Battlehawks? It's a great point. Maybe they'll play Thank in the you. championship game there or something. It we'll all see. makes sense. All right, buddy. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. Thanks.
Todd Pyro, host of Fox and Friends First. If you can't watch it, set your DVR. That's what Todd would normally tell you there. Uh, coming up, some whistleblowers claiming uh, the DOJ is looking for ways to prevent the private sale of firearms without any legislation or a vote. We're going to talk to the group that broke that story coming up on 2A Tuesday. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. If you ban them in the future, the bullets will have been shot and there won't be any more available. So you don't shoot deer with a bullet that size. If you do, you could cook it at the same time. Put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. That is without a doubt the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This is 2A Tuesday, brought to you by the Range St. Louis West. Well, there is a reason we do this segment weekly, because uh, particularly since Joe Biden took office, there have been constant attempts to undermine your Second Amendment rights, particularly the words that say shall not be infringed. Um, they, They tried desperately to do it through backdoor measures to declare it a public health crisis. We've watched it over and over again since the uh, Obama administration. And and this latest one caught my eye because our friends at uh, Empower Oversight are the ones that have done the legwork on this and, and uh, listen to some whistleblowers talking about the DOJ looking to ban the private sales of firearms. We have Tristan Levitt on the phone with us this morning, president of Empower Oversight uh, Whistleblowers and Research. And Tristan, welcome in. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. Yeah, it's good good to have you on here. So, first of all, I guess let, let's start from the beginning here. How did you learn about this? Where, where do these whistleblowers come from, and uh, why have not we not heard of this before? Well, we are a nonprofit that really works primarily just with uh, representing whistleblowers, right? And so we talked to a lot of sources in various federal agencies. I worked as a congressional investigator for Senator Chuck Grassley investigating Operation Fast and Furious a decade ago. And uh, have continued in government since then until leaving uh, about a year ago. And so we're in touch with a lot of different whistleblowers in various parts of government. And uh, only some of them choose to come forward at times, like the IRS whistleblowers in the Hunter Biden case that we're representing. But many times people just want to be able to share information and get it out there and not have their identities be identified. So in this case, uh, we've learned from two senior sources in the ATF that ATF is working on this draft uh, rule that would have this impact of essentially banning the private sale of firearms. And to those who've been watching the progress in this area, it probably doesn't come as a surprise, right? After uh, two years ago, the Congress passed the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And so last year, President Biden told the world, right, that, you know, he issued an executive order and said he basically wanted to not only make uh, all background checks universal, but that they want to do everything that they could to try and stop um, individuals from, being able to transfer firearms without going through all these onerous processes. And so this is, you know, again, not a surprise, but it's it's deeply disappointing to realize that, you know, right now there is a 1,300-plus page document. We know exactly which attorney in ATF's uh, general counsel's office is drafting it, and we know that he's doing this at the direction of the White House because this is exactly the sort of move they want to make in, a, in an election year, thinking that it helps them. Amazing. I mean, it's amazing to me when you look at this. So, in other words— we talk about this banning the private sale of firearms. If I wanted to give a gun to my son or my grandfather wanted to give a gun to me, uh, it would prevent that transfer, correct? Is that is that the, the point without going to a, 
an FFL licensee and getting a background check first. Yeah, that's precisely right. And a lot of people don't, I mean, for one, not everybody, you know, uh, for one, there's the issue of knowing where to go to do that. For two, there's the issue of just being aware of this new regulation. Uh, You know, people who are not aware of that, because anyone would assume because of our constitutional rights, you can just pass on a firearm in that way to a family member or loved one. And uh, so you're going to have a situation where people will potentially be violating what is not law in the normal sense that it was passed by Congress, but those rules from ATF, they enforce just the same as if they were. And that's part of why ATF, there's so much trepidation within the ATF building about this. You know, a lot of people think of ATF agents as jackbooted thugs, and I get that. I've worked with some very, very courageous and patriotic uh, federal law enforcement officers over the years, including an ATF. And a lot of agents there are worried that this is going to put them in harm's way as they have to go out and be the face of the Biden administration in enforcing a rule like this. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and it gets it, get, it once again gets back to the insanity, in my opinion here, of of believing that just because you make a rule or you pass a law, criminals are going to pay any attention to it. It's already illegal to give or sell a weapon to somebody who's not legally allowed to own one. And it's also illegal if you're a convicted felon and you don't have a right to own a weapon to take possession of one. All of these things are already laws that criminals, oddly enough, just ignore. (laughs) Shocking, isn't it? Can't imagine why they would ignore these laws if they're ignoring other ones. What's also troubling about this, though, is that Congress specifically has has legislated on issues in this area before you know after the gun control act of 1968 was passed a a lot of ats early actions really built up this resistance to and fear about their actions and so in 1986 congress passed an additional law that specifically said that ats red uh regulatory authority only includes those who are engaged in the business of selling firearms and it specifically says it shall not include a person who makes occasional sales exchanges or purchases of firearms enhancing their personal collection or a hobby. And so this this regulation, you know, in addition to the clear Second Amendment constitutional concerns it raises, there's also a separation of powers question here. Congress is who is is authorized to make the laws under our Constitution, under the separation of powers. And in this case, ATF seems to be ignoring the plain language of this law that Congress has already passed. Right. Now, you 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 guys are are seeking a records request here from the government. Is that correct? Yeah, we've, we've issued a freedom of information request to ask for all of the emails from this particular council and all their communications with the Department of Justice. Uh, we didn't ask for those with the White House because I'm sure they would exert executive privilege over those. But, yeah, we are we are asking for the record so the American people can see for themselves how this is coming together. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for doing that. Can, can people go to your website to find out more about this? Is there an, any action uh, item here like to reach out to your senators or elected representatives and make sure you know that you're adamantly opposed to this idea? Yeah, that certainly can have an impact. Our, our website is empoweroversight.org, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, oversight.org. And yeah, people should absolutely let their elected representatives know how they feel about something like this. You know, again, this is an election year and it's hard not to view it cynically, just like the student loan forgiveness that was pretty clear was going to be struck down in the courts. The Biden administration, I I would guess, seems to be gambling on the fact that this either will not be struck down until after Election Day, in which case they they have favor with those voters that support this, or even if it is struck down, that this will motivate their base to get out there in the polls this November and, you know, again, vote for members of Congress or 
you know, vote in the presidential election to help keep in place uh, or put in place Supreme Court justices that would support this kind of thing. So speaking up about this and also just being active politically is, is definitely a very appropriate response. Yeah, that is very true. Tristan Levitt, president of Empower Oversight. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank goodness somebody's out there keeping an eye on that for sure. Uh, and uh, if we hear any more information on it, we're going to bring it to you right here. Coming up, we're going to get to Jimmy Fela, uh, of course, radio host, uh, TV uh, commentator there on Fox. You hear him all the time. He's also basically a stand-up comedian. I uh, can't wait to talk to him about his new book coming up here about 8.08. Stay tuned. Well, today is uh, a primary election day. You you may or may not have known that. I don't know. Um, out in Nevada. And um, I used to always call it Nevada, but I guess it's pronounced Nevada. And people that live there will get mad at you if you mispronounce it. Like Heidi Harris, host of the Heidi Harris Show on Sunday nights. Heidi, how are you? I am doing well, and you did that very well. People, yeah, we always know when politicians come to Nevada and they say Nevada. They already know you ain't from around here, son. Get lost. That's the truth. I think I say that. Nevada? It's Nevada. What is See, there's a there's a community in Iowa, Nevada. So now I, I get really confused. Well, it does get confusing because like there's Lafayette, Louisiana, and Lafayette, Georgia, right? They're totally different things. Yep. yep. That's very true. Very true. So there is a primary going on today where only Nikki Haley is on the ballot. Am I correct about that? Well, she's the only one anybody knows the name of. So yeah. I'm looking at the primary ballot. This is, you know, the Republicans could screw up a one-car funeral in Nevada, yeah. okay? <laughs> and I just cleaned that up for the air. All right. So uh, you've got a bunch of people nobody ever heard of whose names I'm not going to mention. And Mike Pence and Tim Scott are also on the ballot today. All, of course, they're out of the race. Uh, and basically what it comes down to is the only thing that matters in Nevada as far as the state party is the caucus. A couple of years ago, they passed legislation where they changed it. Now the parties have to do a primary. So we spend a bunch of money, send out a bunch of ballots to people, same old thing, right? Ballots to people who are dead, people who don't live there anymore. All this nonsense. Give you 10 days to do it before and this and that. And the other, uh, we're not going to know the results for a week and a half here at this point. And uh, the caucus is better because you go and you can just go and vote or you can sit there and discuss with your neighbors the virtues of this or that candidate. And obviously the only person on there, there's one other guy, nobody knows his name. His name is Binkley, but no one knows him, (laughs) uh, who paid to be on there. Nikki Haley could have paid to be on the caucus ballot and she did not choose to do so. So that's the the short Mm. version. Is there any chance she gets beat by none of these candidates today? You know what? There's an awfully there's an awfully good chance because Nevada is Trump country. Nobody likes Nikki Haley. You know she's not going to win in South Carolina. And I occasionally do radio at our sister station in Odyssey uh, in South Carolina. They hate her down there. Hate her guts. <laughs> so she's got no prayer there. She's got no prayer in Nevada. I mean, if you can't win your own state, well, then again, maybe you can be vice president if you can win. Can't she win made your it, own state. She made it seem like even if she loses South Carolina, she might hold out until Super Tuesday. Yeah, sure. Go, Nikki. Go, go, go. <laughs> Just keep spending that money. Just keep running, Nikki. I mean, I don't know what her end game is, guys. We know she's not going to be a vice president. We know she's not going to be president. I have no idea what she's planning or what she's even thinking at this point. Well, I mean, she she could be uh, Chris Christie's sidekick on ABC oh, as a commentator. You know, that's got to pay something. Maybe she'll join SNL since she just made her appearance. What was this this past Saturday? How sad was that? Oh, it was was painful to watch. That she had to resort to that to try to what? Be cool? 
I think so. I get, get those voters, I guess, those liberals who love that show I and still think it's funny. I should have said slavery. That should have been my first answer. Live from New York, it's Saturday night. I'm like, you know, what was Mark, funny about that? Mark and I know. It was not funny since Kim was born. <laughs> it's not yeah, been funny. True. No, I don't right, watch Mark? it. That's, that is exactly the truth. It's been a long time. Not that it's you're been... old or anything, Kim. It's just been a long time thank no, you it's for been, that d- no decade we're not we're not picking on you it's just been no. decades and decades and decades since <laughs> since there was anybody on it who was great or anybody memorable to be honest with you that's that's just our opinion yeah. mark and i oh you know. boy boy but yeah it's it's nuts it's a cluster in nevada and people are confused and i've gotten all kinds of calls and texts from people about what to do ultimately trump's gonna win nevada whoops and that's the story yep awesome heidi harris thank you for giving us some time this morning Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. right here Heidi 971 FM on 97.1 FM Talk. <laughs> <laughs> love you guys. Love you. We'll See talk you, to you soon. You. All right. Thank you. We'll be back. Uh, we got Jimmy Fallon on the other side of the hour. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.